Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, Andrew and Paul are here. Well, Paul's there uh, off yonder in Paul work world. But Andrew is still stuck in the basement. Oh, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm here. I am. I don't know. Half a mile from the Buffalo Niagara Airport. So if you hear something, I mean, the damn airplanes are landing right outside of my window. I did not uh, think that one through. But yeah, they're very, very disruptive. So do you think that'll have yeah. to be a thing where it'd be like, hey, um, I need a hotel room. It's got to be podcast friendly, please. Right. Yeah, you know, it was, it was funny. As, as as soon as I walked in, I'm like, and I heard the plan. I'm like, well, oh, that's gonna. If, if the <laughs> we start hearing up, banging so. on the wall, though, that then we're gonna have to re- redo this, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. None, none of that nonsense. So, <laughs> no, man, I I feel like I haven't talked to you uh, in a couple of days, man. It's been a while. You've been out hanging in the saddle and so, doing all that good stuff, man. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you from afar. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been. Uh, Let's see. The the adventures of Andrew's clown show continue and uh this weekend after uh well I we did this talk with Brett Morris about that we're gonna have today about filming your own hunt. So I got this idea while sitting in the stand the other night. I'm gonna take this gear tie and I'm gonna use my phone and I'm gonna hook it to my bow so if a deer comes in I can record it. Genius. Brilliant, right? Uh total DIY type stuff and it really wasn't too bad actually and and to the guy who left us the review about and said go blue at the end I actually really just wanted to watch the Buckeyes kick Rucker's <laughs> ass from the thing and that and this, yeah. but then it, it was like oh cool there's a camera on that so uh anywho I had the 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 dough came out and man I wait like we talked about last week some of the things I was going to try to kind of calm myself I got a lot of that part done it's like putting all the it's like a golf swing you gotta put it all together and make it go straight and far and everything else but like so i had that where i was situated okay she wasn't watching me i got all set i got the camera rolling so now i'm gonna be able to follow like the whole story kind of and uh yeah shot over top of her so um i actually thought it was good but man it just re re kind of reminds me of how witty these animals are and I'm not a rocket scientist. Don't even pretend to be one. But I hit her at 15 yards. Okay, my bow shoots about six or 260 feet per second. So 15 yards is what 45 feet. And that deer somehow in that amount of time, which I think if I did the math right, came out to like a fifth of a second from the time the arrow left my bow to the time it hit the ground. She ducked. I don't know, six or eight inches. I mean, it was incredible. And when you look at the the video, it's not the best footage in the world, but it's like the Matrix, man. She just drops yeah. to, like, her elbows, and this thing just, like, and then just goes. Um, They're but, amazing. 
It it really is. And yeah. it just reminded me again of how hard it the idea of getting an animal in that close and taking her with a pseudo prehistoric type of weapon. It's I get it. It's much more modernized, but uh, there's still a high margin of error. Yeah. So um yeah. but it's okay. You know what? I actually I was I was I was pretty upset about that, uh, but I didn't wound her. I was probably more upset with the fact that I went back the next day and sat for eight and a half hours and see any deer. Um, there you go. Yeah. R- rookie mistake. But I had the opportunity. I want to blow that stand out now before the rookie. You're not a, you're not a rookie. Stop saying that. <laughs> uh, well, you're right. Uh, just a dipshit. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But Oh, God, we both are. Yeah. So Justin is our friend from the north. I'm, 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 I think he lives in Ohio. But uh, he is the Michigan fan that commented, gives review. Justin, appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll see you boys in November here in Columbus. So yeah, and hey. shout out, we got a bunch of reviews this week. So yeah, what was that, man? Yeah, it was really like five of them overnight. We got uh, Mike Wright. Mike and I have talked on Instagram. Mike, thanks for listening, man. Thanks for the review. Appreciate you, Bo Him. I believe I'm saying that right. Appreciate you, Bo. Tom. Um, yeah, Tom, and then and then it's time, and I'm gonna assume that it's time is is like uh, Mickey Mariotti, the Ohio State strength coach that always like yells <laughs> like it is time. That's so Mickey Mariotti. Thank you for listening. If you're not Mickey Mariotti, feel free to reach out to us and uh, let us know. You guys want some free stuff? Hit us up, man. Go wild Instagram. Get get you taken care of, get man. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the uh, the reviews, and that goes for the rest of you guys. Listen, you want to leave us a review, man? We would greatly greatly appreciate it so it helps us and it does and uh you know the best way to find us on social media andrew go wild time to go guys freaking rocket ship man well we've had some good conversations uh with with the go wild crew the last couple of days i've been i've been like just you know hiding under a rock the last couple of days and and at one point i looked at my phone and there were 27 messages from from the Go wild chat. And Brad Latrell from Go Wild. Greatest gift gift finder ever. His, yes. His gifts, his memes are freaking spot on. Spot on. Like I, I mean he the way his brain works in the meme wars or the gift wars, it's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. So but, they got a lot of stuff. They keep adding new stuff, man. They got a ton of ton of SKUs that they're adding, ton of products. They're saddle hunting selection is great. They got a lot of stuff in stock. You join, go wild. $10 gift card, download the app. I believe it's on Android now. I heard Derek talking about that on the Blue River Boat Hunting podcast. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that it was on the, it was on Android, so that's pretty cool. But and you know what, the best part to me is this time of the year when you're on there and people are logging their trophies, um, which yeah. is part of the, the, the social media platform where you can log your trophies, whether it's uh, you know a bass you caught or a deer. It could be the biggest buck in, in the state or it could be you know whatever you know you got to fill your okay. freezer but man it's positive it's a positive space and people are supportive and and it's uh refreshing to be it honest. it is man a lot of a lot of a lot of good things coming out of that uh out of that community so time to go out.com android apple check it out well um and i sent you the other day speaking of go wild and our yeah. other partner in tethered mr dan matthews who has uh-huh. the nomadic outdoorsman for the second of, hunt friend of the show uh dude he's yeah. two for two so he's he's yeah, on a roll right two. now he just he if i was him roll. i'd be like find some kind of massive game 
you know, tag and go go three for three because you know yeah. you come he killed a real nice buck he in Missouri. Did and yeah, he did happy for him, man. Good for you, Danny. Out of his tethered saddle that he got for yeah. a while. So, um, you gotta get you back up in there, Paul. I know, man. I I'm gonna have hopefully have some time this weekend to to get up and um in that saddle. I don't know the one the one time that I had to to get out and hunt it was like super windy and I'm like ah, I'm not I'm not doing that big fellas not getting a tree hanging from a rope uh in a windstorm hard no so yeah I, I i will say uh very impressed yeah i one of our one of our listeners uh took took the leap and, and bought a saddle system bought a tethered system last week and, and he texted me on saturday he's like man i've been in this thing for four hours and this is freaking awesome i'm like i know i know it is like i doubted it and i was wrong so, so and i fan big fans tethered um yeah was it tetherednation.com the tree i was in the other day uh yeah. it's about about a four inch diameter when i'm up in the top so yeah, that's that's awesome it's i i'll tell you what the two i like the smaller diameter trees i feel like it's more versatile right and is that just me it's uh it's just something different you know for yeah. a, a ladder stand could never been up in there or oh god the branches no, i no. work around i don't know if you can get a climber. maybe i've never really done the well a climber you couldn't have but the hang-ons and stuff like that so it's definitely like we've heard people talk tony peterson and stuff it's a tool and it can definitely change your your game a little bit yeah it's not it's yeah it's definitely it's not it's not for everyone and i respect that um yeah if you're if you're, if you're on the fence definitely give it a try so all right and you got something cool this week pretty jealous of it man i don't like Boys. To, i don't like to do this hard sell idea uh you know i'm a first light homer but got my hands on a transfer pack okay that's their new backpack that they came out with this is this is worth the money. I'm hands down if you need a backpack or even if you don't think you need a backpack but you might be maybe interested. I think it's 81 days till Christmas. Uh get this on the list because I've used a, a pack for a couple of years that I thought was good, but in hindsight this one has it all. It's got the built-in bow rope which I didn't use, but it's one of those things like if you ever forget your bow rope and you want to kick your own ass, like um, it's already there. You don't even don't even have to think about it. But it's got every tie down you could need, every hook. It opens from the top. There's so much space. I thought it was too big at first. I think I told you that. I was like, dude, this thing's like. I you did. Like, that was the first thing. You're like, this this backpack is way too big. It's too big. And then at the end of your hunt, you're like, this thing is freaking awesome. It's amazing because it cinches down. You know, you can like you can make it smaller. Essentially, it's got the ability to go in and out. It's got this backpack or this internal um, area that you can put your your stand or your saddle platform. It can hook your sticks on there. Oh my gosh! I mean, can you haul a deer out on that thing? Can you quarter it up, put it in bags, and haul it out? I think. I think if you were creative, you could. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely got enough support and stuff to do that. And God knows it has enough wraps and, or, you know, straps and different things. It's got pockets galore. Uh, it's one of those things that you need to know where you put everything, because if not, it's probably in a hidden pocket somewhere. And, oh, uh, anywho, the ability to pack clothes in, you know, and so you're not sweating the whole way in that those guys thought that out to a T and uh big kudos to them. So 
Mm. Can't wait to see it, man. Oh, the, awesome. Stop over the compound months and see and see what you got going on. So we got any we got any news from the state happening? I know the they the state released the first couple of days, not a full week, first couple of day harvest totals. Um way more than I thought that they were going to be. Do you, yeah. do you have those on hand? You I, talked about that. I do. As of September twenty seventh, so we're about a week out now at this point. That was probably the first week of the season. Six thousand one hundred and forty eight total deer harvested. And let's see, two thousand two hundred and seventy of them were antlered and 3,878 antlerless deer. So, Paul, what county is leading the way? That's got to be Coshocton. <laughs> Ashtabula? <laughs> oh. I even sent Mus- you Muskingum? No. Trumbull. Yeah. Trumbull County. Trumbull. Is Damn off, Trumbull County, guys. Is off to the, the races. Uh, they, they started the year off with 250. So, um, congratulations to everybody out there who has filled that tag a tag and there's probably many more since then so um that was that news let me see what else i got here in my little news pile um i'm gonna give you off some of these headlines and odnr has these articles on their website if you want to find more information but they've come out with uh the fall color forecast of the leaves so if you're interested in that uh, we've got an expansion of the Epic Mountain Bike Trail at Mohican State Park. So if you're into mountain biking. Uh, uh, no, that's that's a no for me. I, I, Paul, I, I know you're out there mountain biking all the time. Uh, uh, they're turning an abandoned mine into the camping er- camping areas at, for the wilds over in Cumberland. That's pretty cool. That's a cool area. I like that. I like that area of the state a lot. I like that wildlife area, the old AEP lands. That's cool, man. I'll take you out there. You feel like um, there are a lot of areas that are like wide open and they're like rolling hills and you know, there's pockets of wood. I feel like I've never been out west, but I feel like, you know, what I watch on YouTube, that's what it kind of reminds me, like a little, little version of that. So, yeah, we need to check that out. But the uh, last sure. one I have here is urging um, people to be cautious during wildfire season. So I know, especially if you're at where we're at, I feel like it rains every other day. However... As yeah. the leaves begin to fall uh, and plant material begins to dry up for the winter, <clears throat> that's a fuel source. It's bonfire season. You're out after uh, football games, whatever. Just just be smart, okay? And the last thing, in Ohio, that's not something we've dealt with. We don't want to deal with that. <clears throat> you don't want wildfires ruining areas and stuff like that. So, yeah. be, be respectful. So much Trying to see, I, don't, I I feel like we're going to have a wildlife council meeting coming up soon. I'm trying to see if there's anything. I just thought of this. There's nothing pertinent on pressing on their uh, on their agenda. It seems like so. Keep you updated if anything hits on that front. So yes, nothing sir. nothing to the time. So did you see that? Uh, I thought it was Ohio, but it 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 wasn't. There's a backpack or a backcountry hunters and anglers event in New York. Which I've been to, been to some of those great people here now. Great, great organization, BHA. Check them out. I did an event with those guys a couple of weeks ago down in Cincinnati. Awesome time. John and Henry did a did a great job. Um, There's a guy at one of these events that died oh, uh, over the weekend. Yeah, he was. Uh, they were at like some scenic river, having a just a good old time, man. Just a just a, a, a social event, and uh, someone fell in the river. An older guy fell in the river and, and drowned. So that's oh, wow. that's sad, man. Um, 
bummer news yeah. but well keep uh keep safe out there so here's the deal for this week's episode we've got a lot kind of and it's a fun one it, it's a lot of, it's fun it is and you know what it's like the andrew munch show this week it might be a little Andrew Munch show, so yeah. I apologize if you like uh, don't like listening to my voice like I don't like listening to my voice. But you haven't gotten over that yet. No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I had to do that. I did that Instagram clip today, and I was like, "I'm eh. so proud of you." I know, I know you are. I want you to do one for first lad. I want to see that pack, man. Uh, we'll get something up there. But all right. The uh, so what we got? We got a buddy Brett Morris, and Brett is from Indiana, an Indiana boy over there, uh, southeast ish. But he runs a podcast, the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. We've met Brett through a couple of events. Great dude, great dude, super down to earth. Uh, came to our, came to our Dustin Huff live event. He did, he did. Drove all the way over all the way there. from Indiana. What a dude! So for you guys that live in Licking County and didn't make it, shame on you. <laughs> kidding. The uh, uh, Brett is going to talk to us about filming your hunts, and like I said earlier, I after talking to him and I, I've always thought it's, it's like so much of an investment, um, both monetarily and taking stuff to the woods and all this kind of stuff, but it doesn't have to be. So I think, uh, when, after listening to this, you might have some ideas on how to, you know, you can record a couple minutes worth of, of a shot. And like I said, for me, it's just to figure out where you hit the deer or don't hit the deer and uh, in, in your pursuit of finding the animals and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, if the, if the footage comes out, you can share it with whoever you want, but that's kind of the meat and potatoes. Uh, but we've also got a couple listeners that we are going to highlight this week. We've got the first installment of the O2 hunt camp. O2 hunt camp. First two. I couldn't remember what you were calling it. Um, so I forgot that when I was talking to these guys, but it is, it's the O2 hunt hunt camp. So we've got David Brown. And David took a stud. I kept referring to it as the half elk, half mule deer, half whitetail, uh, because <laughs> it has such a weird antler. Um, unique. We'll call it unique uh, antler growth habit there. And David took that over in eastern Ohio. So any over in Belmont County, I think, is <clears throat> is where he's at. And I, I forgot, Paul, I was telling you. When I was talking to him, he, he tells you about how the the hunt actually went down. And it was one of those days where things just, you know, that he, he, he literally texted his buddy and was like, I'm not going to kill anything today. Everything's going wrong. And I've had that happen where, you know, I one time I dropped my coat out of the tree and I think I was in a climber. So I was like, not I'm, I said, forget it. I'm not shimming down to get that. Well, I killed a deer that day. And then uh, another time I. I walked into the stand. It had to have been damn near an hour after daylight. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm I'm not killing a deer. Killed a deer that day. Uh, so <laughs> he he had something very very similar to that happen. Um, I'm not advising that you go out and do stuff that you shouldn't, but <clears throat> sometimes it just works out. So that was a really yeah. cool story. And then our buddy Gage Hall on the other end of the state, up in Northwest killer. Ohio, killer Gage Hall, the deer killer. Dude, he's having a, a year. He got that, Man, that Tom so back in the spring, and uh, he took his first deer with a compound. So uh, yeah. he was excited, and he did a really good job telling us that story. So, what else, Paul? I think, I think from us, that's about it, isn't it? I think that's it, man. We've got some cool, cool episodes coming up. Some how-to episodes rolling your way. Yep, and then let uh, us know what you want to hear, man. Find us, find us on the uh, on the on the internets. 
so. the.o2.podcast on Instagram. But you can bypass that, go right to Go Wild, and uh, O2Podcast on there. We got our website is theo2podcast.com. We got some new shirts up there with that Ohio flag logo. That's kind of one of my favorites. The hats with the Ohio hats. flag. Yeah, that's pretty neat, man. And then uh, if you want to help support the show, Patreon. We've got patreon.com slash theo2podcast. Um, and I just want to be clear. Like, Paul and I, we... When we started doing this, we're not having any intentions of I don't want getting rich or trying to make this a full time job, right? This is kind of a hobby, something for us to do. We love to talk about the outdoors and hunting and all that kind of stuff, but we like to travel to to go to some of these events and to go see people and interview them, and and that's the kind of stuff when, when we're talking about, um, you know, supporting the show through Patreon or something like that. Yeah, that's that's what we're. The, the kind of the end goal is there so yeah we're not taking that money and hunting elk out west that, that is definitely not happening Absolutely. we're trying not to Absolutely. run our own personal bank accounts <laughs> on the ground so we're, we're trying to stay married and and not have wives up our up our asses about uh you know traveling all the time so you're damn right we are anywho we will start the the episode here with david's story we'll get you brett's content on the filming and then finish up with gage hall's discussion of his first compound kill so yeah good stuff thanks for the reviews guys keep them keep them coming if uh if you if you shoot a deer you shoot a you know squirrel pheasant whatever you have a good trip a bear a moose doesn't matter if you want to get on the show talk about your hunt reach out to us give us the reviews uh on on uh spotify and android and apple man we we couldn't be more appreciative of those and uh and if you have given us a review reach out to us sounds good paul safe travels my man All right, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care, everybody. All right. So today we've got a quick update here from one of our listeners who sent me a picture of not only a beautiful deer, but a very unique looking deer out of Belmont County. Right. Um, We've got David Brown on, on today. David, how are you today? doing great how about yourself oh man we're we're good it uh it's monday and uh i'm that many more days closer to the weekend to get back into the woods but um so tell us david where tell us about yourself where you're at what you've uh what you've accomplished so far in this early part of the deer season yeah so i'm in uh belmont county ohio um we're out uh in the uh thick hill country of ohio um you're, that's east, right? That's like almost right on the Pennsylvania line, or is it? Yeah, or uh, all the way as far east as you can go. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my uh, season came to a very quick end this year, but uh, that's uh, a good thing, I guess. Uh, are you married? I am. Okay, so now your wife's going to be like, great, you got all this free time because you've already taken care of business and you can just hang out with us the rest of the year, right? I think that was the the first words out of my mouth before I had them on the ground. You'll, yeah. You'll learn your lesson, right? So, uh, no, you, you took down a, a butte, man. And when you initially sent it to me, the question was kind of like, is this thing half mule deer, half elk, half deer, or whitetail? And it, it really does have that look to it. And uh, if anybody wonders, let's see here real quick. We've got dbrown underscore 35 is your Instagram. And then I think I put that picture up on our uh, wall as well if you want to take a look and follow along with the story but tell us david like what does this guy just happen to wander into your life that night or morning or whatever and or you put in a lot of work and time on this or 
Yeah, so we've got a, a pretty long history with this deer. We've actually got uh, pictures um, of this deer dating back six years, um, and probably probably more than that if I had to guess. Um, but we think we've tracked this deer for the last six years at least. Um, so we've got some history with him, that's for sure. Is that how old you think he is? Well, I'm guessing he's he's at least six is, is our is our best guess. Um, I'd like to get uh, get him tested and see exactly what he is. But um, yeah, that's as of right now, that's what we think. Just going back uh, to date on pictures is um, man, he is unique. Tell us, tell us what how, I mean. How do you describe it besides half mule deer, half elk, half whitetail? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's my best way to describe him really. Um, and that's how everybody else is, uh, you know, kind of going by too. Um, but he is, uh, he is unique. And I know when I saw him this year, uh, on camera for the first time, my eyes just popped out of my head. Oh, I bet jaw hit the ground. The, um, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it, it's, he's like... got the big eye guards kind of swoop down and come out like kind of like an elk would do when he's got the big splits and the height, like a mule deer yeah that's right in eastern ohio so uh um, yeah all right so you've had him on the camera for a while uh have you gotten sheds off of him in the past or i have not so this deer um every year he uh shows up the first few weeks um and then after that he kind of goes nocturnal and by the end of the season he kind of disappears um last year i think around gun season was the last we had seen of this deer um right after the rut and then didn't show back up until this year was his antler habit similar in the past as far as this unique look or is it something that this year really just took a turn no completely different this year and that's kind of the kind of a unique story i guess too um uh that i'll that i'll explain here is how he didn't even really know what deer we were hunting actually um, until recently. And that's kind of played in part of how I got this deer on the ground. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but in general, you knew if you were going to, you were going to get them, it had to be early in the season. So were you putting all your eggs in that basket then? Exactly. Yes. So, so I guess I'll, I'll start the story from, uh, going back to last year. Um, last year we had, uh, started putting cameras out and, this deer was only in one spot where I really is what was finding this deer. He was, we knew where he was bedding in some thick cover and right on the edge of this thick cover, it opened up into a real big Oak flat and lots of acorns every year. Um, so we finally pinpointed him last year. Um, and by the time we figured out where he was at, he was starting to, you know, go off his pattern. He was not coming in regular. Um, it seemed like the first two weeks of the season, he was kind of coming in um, during daylight hours. And then after that, you know, come mid-October, mid to end October, that's when he really started to kind of go in and out and a lot of nocturnal hours. Um so last year he was a real high, heavy eight point. Um, I mean, real high off of his head, mainframe eight, no stickers, no splits, nothing. Um, and he was a really nice deer. And if I was in the woods last year, I was hunting this deer and it was a lot. And 
never laid eyes on him once. It seemed like if I was there, he wasn't. If I wasn't there, he was. It was kind of one of those frustrating deals. Um, so after I ended up killing another deer, um, on another property, uh, come gun season, um, just because he was not after the rut, he was non-existent. He never showed up. Um, so I ended up taking another, uh, another buck. And this year we put out, um, cell cameras. Um, and it kind of, it really helped me that, that, that cell camera changed that whole area and the whole process of hunting because we didn't have to disturb that area we put it back there once and he uh you know we started finally getting some pictures of this deer and honestly we didn't even think it was that eight point from last year we had another seven point in the area last year that was kind of messed up real wicked looking deer but he wasn't real big and thought it's got to be that one just because of the messed up rack so as we're getting more pictures, um, and, and, uh, of this deer, we started thinking, man, with, with his height and his mass, there's a chance my buddy nicknamed him big daddy. The eight point from last year is what he called him. All he right. said, there's gotta be a chance that this is big daddy. And just from going back to last year of what he was doing regularly, same area, same, same, you know, same place, everything. And I started getting it in my head that if this is him, then he's doing the same thing he is last year. I need to hunt him now before he disappears because he's probably going to do the same thing. Um, so I, I waited till the, till the conditions were right. And I, at this point I was still not a hundred percent sure me and a buddy of mine were saying, you know, it's almost gotta be him but he just changed so much from last year to this year. We, we, we couldn't say for sure. And he had no really characteristics that we could find that were real obvious that, that pointed us to him. So when I started getting daylight pictures of this deer, I said, we need to get in and hunt him. And when, I waited for the conditions to be right. When, I, I when, went into when, work. When did you, did you start getting the daylight pictures? Uh, probably about two weeks week and a half to two weeks before season perfect i have to look the exactly what it was but it was a couple weeks before season he already he had already shed his velvet okay at that point so i never got a uh, velvet picture of this deer um so i went to work on that morning and i knew there was a cold front coming through i knew there was rain coming through and i i saw the weather and the rain was supposed to move out by four o'clock and I get off at three thirty, and I noticed the temperature drop from like 64 to like 51 or something like that, that day. And I thought I got to get in the woods and I had texted my buddy and said, I think I'm going to go hunting tonight. I think it's perfect time. I checked my wind. The wind was perfect. I thought this is probably the best time to go. Meanwhile, all day I'm getting pictures of my phone on my phone of deer all over the place you know different cameras and then that just drive you nuts (laughs) well yeah as i'm working i even got pictures of him that morning uh fighting with another small buck i thought he's in the area you know it's good conditions i'm gonna hunt and my buddy's texting me saying man i'm seeing bucks all over the place i was seeing deer all over the place it's just one of those things that's like i gotta get in the woods it seems like it seems right so 
then it all kind of <laughs> went downhill, I guess. Um, I, so I thought. So this so, was just to clarify. It was this Saturday or Sunday last weekend? Uh, no, this was uh, this was Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was Tuesday. This was, I believe, it was Tuesday. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Beginning of the, it was a work day. Gotcha, gotcha. So. I didn't, yeah, it was Tuesday. I didn't hunt the weekend at all because the wind wasn't right where I was hunting and I, I didn't even hunt it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so as I get home, I hadn't had any of my clothes washed. I had washed them the night before because I thought I might be hunting that week. I went home, got my clothes and everything, got to the woods and it was probably 4.15. And I walked back in to my stand and it starts pouring rain as I'm getting out and getting dressed and I knew it was supposed to stop. It stopped while I was walking in and I just get almost to my stand 50 yards from it. And I'm getting pictures on my phone of does under this acorn tree. And I thought, man, I'm going to bust these deer out. They're going to go blowing, go right into the bedding and screw up my whole hunt. So, I kind of tried to get around them to where if I did bump them, they, they would run the other direction from the bedding. But by that point I had looked up and they were right there and they'd already seen me. They're blowing, making noise, stomping everything. So I thought, man, that stinks. I mean, that, that could be my hunt right there, but I decided to go get in the stand. Anyway, I've seen crazier things happen and I walk up to my stand big giant tree right in front of the stand at the base had fallen down busted up my stand knocked the front bar off of it and i climbed up and shored everything up everything was fine it was sturdy sat in it so in this stand it's kind of in the open because i said i had some it's in the oak tree so it's real open in this area but there were some saplings that i've intentionally not cut over the years to go right to the base of my stand where it got me on perfect cover. Okay. Well, this tree took all of them out. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm sitting in the wide open. I mean, everything around me is just wide open because I had no cover. And I get sat down and I thought between these deer blowing, the tree hit my stand, took all my cover out. I said, this just isn't, isn't going my way today. And then on top of that, I look down when I sit and stand, I always look around, see what's around me. Felt from my chest, no binoculars, left my binoculars at the house. I was so worried about getting my clothes gathered up and my bow. I forgot my binoculars. So that was, uh, that was another thing. So I just got done getting all my stuff on my mask and everything and i text my buddy and said dude there's no way i'm killing a deer tonight i said everything's nothing's going my way i said everything's going wrong and he asked why and i told him what all happened and i know more than sent a text message locked my phone put it in my pocket and look up and i see a deer and I hadn't been in the stand maybe 10 minutes. I look up and I just saw the back of a deer walking through the edge of this bedding. And 
took him a while to pick his head up and he picked his head up and I thought, Oh my God, it's him. I couldn't believe it. I mean, 10 minutes, those deer were just blown 10 or 15 minutes before that ran right where he was. And there he stands at 75 yards right on the edge of the thicket. So he continued to eat acorns the whole way and where he was at i had several trees in a group in between me and him and i thought if he can just come right through those trees i don't need cover those trees are going to be my cover when he steps out he's going to be right in an opening that i'd already ranged and knew the range what's he do he walks right through the opening (laughs) where there was no trees and i had no cover so uh this deer kept going in and out, in and out, in and out. I mean, he was walking back and forth. He'd come 10 steps to me and then five away, just eating acorns. You can hear him crunching and popping in his mouth. Um, and, I mean, you can imagine my heart's beating a million miles an hour. And he finally comes in. It was actually, it felt like an hour, but it was actually a little over 20 minutes. It's that, that he, time time warp that happens when you're in the tree, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, uh, I was like a stone. I wasn't moving because I knew I didn't have much cover and I, I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do was spook him. Right. So he finally turned and walked right through that clump of trees that I told you that he couldn't see me. I mean, I could see, I could see his antlers on both sides of these oak trees, but I could not see his face. I couldn't see his eyes. So he gets out into this opening and, and, and finally gets away from those trees and looks dead at me. I mean, he it felt like he was looking into my soul. He was looking at me so hard. And he finally uh, just went back down to eating, never never saw me. I was I was uh, kind of shocked. So did, you, and then catch, he did, it did you catch eye contact with him or were you trying to like look away or? I, I was eye, eye contact the whole time. Okay. I always, I never know what to do when it comes to that. It's like, are they looking at me? Are they staring into my soul or what's going on? But I know I, I was making <laughs> eye contact, but I didn't blink. I thought this deer's old enough and smart enough. He might see me blink and leave whether he would or not. I don't know, but that was my thought in my head. Didn't blink. I was just looking dead at him and he finally went back down to eating and finally fed right to where I ranged. I knew this opening I had, I had a, a, a shot. I, I ranged the narrow, the, the closest opening at 20 yards and the furthest at 30. He walks into it, gives me a perfect broadside shot. I put the 20 at the top of his heart and the 30 at the bottom and I, I let it fly. And it seemed like I just blacked out at that point. I, I didn't see the arrow make contact. I didn't see blood coming out. I heard a pretty good thump, which could have been a tree or you know stump behind it. I, my my first thought in my head was I smoked him. That was the first thing that went through my head. And he ran off directly the way he came from, and he kind of slowed down right before I. I lost visual of him and he kind of ran off right down over the hill. And I guess maybe it's me, maybe it's everybody. 
soon as I didn't see him drop and he ran off, I thought, I just screwed this up. I made a terrible shot. I missed him. You know, I, I've got all kinds of, you know, second guessing going on in my head, even though I originally thought I smoked him. But he kind of dropped when I shot him and I couldn't see the arrow make contact because he, it was kind of below some under undergrowth. Okay. Um, so I didn't know what to do. I, I'm, you know, uh, freaking out at this point. I couldn't believe it even happened. Uh, eventually I gave it some time. I called my buddy and I told him, I think I just smoked this deer, but I don't know. I didn't see blood coming out. It was, you know, how the, the, the panic at that point goes on. I know it all too well. <laughs> so I gave him, uh, I don't know, about a half hour, and I, I told my buddy, load the buggy up. I said, I'm pretty sure I got it. I said, load the buggy up and, and head this way. And I said, I'm going to get down a little bit and check for blood. I got down out of the stand and looked at the ground, and there was blood everywhere. And that just was a sigh of relief right there, and it was dark red blood. Uh, the arrow was covered. I, you know, I just knew at that point that, between the shot I thought I put on him and the, the visual of that blood, I, I thought I had a pretty good shot at, at finding this deer. Full pass through? Yes. Found the arrow, full pass through. Um, I shoot mechanical and all three blades were opened up. And uh, I snuck out of there um, on a trail kind of opposite of the way he went because I didn't want to bump him. And I went back to the truck and, and I always, even if I know for sure, I put a great shot on a deer, I always give them at least an hour or an hour and a half. So we went and talked about it at the truck. My buddy showed up. We were talking about it. Um, actually had two friends come to, to help me track. Uh, I always think more eyes are better than none. And there's still rain in the area. So that was a concern. Um, there were still clouds around us that we knew or there was rain in. And the last thing I wanted to do was wash blood away. So about an hour and a half and we could see rain coming. So we got back in there and it was probably by the time we started looking for him, it was probably an hour, and, uh, 45 minutes. And we tracked him about between 60 and 65 yards. And, uh, he was laying about 10 yards from the last place I saw him. That's awesome. So, and judging by the picture, it looks like you found them with, with plenty of light left in the day. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh. But so I, I shot him at like five Oh one. Um, and you know, an hour and a half hour 45. It was, uh, it was still light. I mean, we had, it was probably seven o'clock a little after seven when we finally found him. So that's a, that's awesome. Great story and great, Great deer, and I'm, I see the picture here with your little man. It looks like uh, you know he was pretty excited, and that's uh, I'm always I love to see it. I love to see the the youth and and getting them into everything. So he still he still tells people about it. Oh. He's he he's might, all he's all about the deer. More, more excited than you are. So <laughs> he just he 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 loved to touch it, and that uh, that meant a lot to me when he was just watching him with that deer. So I'm excited to get him in the woods one day. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, uh, man, congratulations. That's a, that's a great deer. And, uh, I'm glad you got to come on here and, and share the story. Um, 
good luck the rest of the year if you're getting going after slick heads or anything else to fill your freezer or taking other people out so yeah thank you yeah. i'm uh i got some friends that uh we're gonna try to get deer for and uh, uh i've got some family out in indiana i might go uh might go test the waters out there i've never never deer hunted out of state but since i'm done so early it's kind of bittersweet i think i might uh try a little bit of out of state hunting well, we had that guy that dustin huff guy on at one point mm. and i guess they got he he found a pretty big deer over there in indiana so maybe maybe your luck will continue um yeah he was a he was a decent buck i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot so well hey david yeah. i appreciate you coming on uh again it's uh d brown underscore 35 is on instagram there if anybody wants to check this deer out um congratulations man Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Hey, Good no. luck on uh, your season the rest of the year. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by our very special guest, Mr. Brett Morris. Brett, how's it going? Not too bad. How about yourself, bud? Oh, man. We are uh, living the dream over here, week one of uh, hunting season. So, uh, I think we'll release this next week, so we'll be a couple weeks in, and then by then you will have been out in the woods for your first go at it, uh, and you're over in Indiana, right? Yep, Indiana, East Central Indiana, I'm close to like the uh, Indiana-Ohio border. Gotcha. So before we get going, let's give everybody a little rundown of who you are, what you do, you know, age, date of birth, social security number, whatever you want to share, <laughs> uh, and and get everybody up to speed. Uh, well, I'm Brett Morris. Uh, I'm 33 years old. I don't I'm really from... want your social security number. No, nah, I won't give you that. <laughs> I'm sure you'd get me on that one. Uh, but I'm from uh, East Central Indiana, a little uh, small farm town, Knightstown, uh, Indiana. I uh, got a wife and a five-year-old son. Uh, I'm about as blue collar as it gets. I, I work uh, a union construction job out of Indianapolis uh, five days a week. And then after that, uh, it's time to get uh, get my hands dirty or sometimes a little bloody, hopefully. <laughs> and and our, our listeners can't see, but you've got plenty of nice big racks on the wall hanging behind you. Uh, so <laughs> we know you know what you're doing there. Well, hopefully I get to, to add to that. And there's actually a couple that you can't even see and some turkeys back here, too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we got we got to know Brett. Um, you came over for one of our, our shows where we had Dustin Huff um, down at the Granville Brewery. So uh, we appreciated that. But we got to know yeah. you there and through some of the Go Wild stuff and... Uh, yeah, it always seems to end up uh, we're drinking beer though when it when it happens. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, last several times we, I've been around you, I think I may have had one too many, but it's always a good time uh, to do so, man. That's all good. So, well, Brett, um, we've talked about this a little bit, and I was on your show there, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but tonight I want to talk about filming your hunts. All right, so. Uh, I talked about it on our show this week. You know, I had uh, a shot and I was, I woke up this morning and had your text messages. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, but where I shot a doe, it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. Um, it was not, I'm not real proud of that moment, but the mind that I have, like I, I have to understand why, you know, what happened a plus B equals C and trying to figure out those things through. And the only thing, I mean, your mind, when you're going through the moment, at least for myself, it is very cloudy. And the idea of filming the hunt in order to be able to go back and relive that moment, see where the arrow actually hit, figure out what 
actually happen? Put all the pieces together. Did they move? Did they duck the string? All that kind of stuff. Um, that idea really is something that I think a lot about, but it also seems very overwhelming. And I know when I'm trying to climb a tree and I've got sticks and platform and bow and this gadget and that gadget, the last thing I feel like I need is, you know, 10 arms hanging around and three cameras that I'm trying to fool with and all this stuff. Is it looking at me? Is it looking at the deer? You know, so I know like most things that we do in the hunting world, you can do kind of dip your toe in it or you can go head first and or gradually grow your, um, you know, your equipment and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to go through um, filming 101, filming 201, filming 301. Talk about the equipment that's needed, the process, what to expect, and then uh, we'll just see you know, where that takes us. So you filmed hunts for how long? Uh, this will be my fifth year filming hunts. Okay, so you've got some good experience. And are you filming yourself? Are you filming others or... A mix of both. Uh, a mix of both. I would say it, it's crazy. Um, you know, I have uh, we have our brand Blue River Bow Hunting, uh, and I'm basically a full time cameraman. But I do self film. It is very hard. Uh, just like the situation you talked about in being in the tree where you drew back and you felt like you you always kind of rush yourself a little bit. You know, when you add a camera to that, that is a whole nother ball game. So I wanted to take that pressure off of me or uh, any of the guys that I hunt with. And and they do that for me too, but taking that pressure off and focusing in on just hunting and whoever's behind the camera is basically focusing on just the camera to get everything, you know, perfect. As far as getting our shots, like the one I sent you, I was just a cameraman that day. Doe came in 30 yards. And if you put your finger on the screen uh, of that shot, when he shot, uh, that, that, that doe dropped every bit of a foot. And that arrow went right up into no man's land. Uh, we, we couldn't find much blood, very little blood. Actually saw her the next morning that we hunted that place. So we knew that she was okay. But it was kind of cool to see see that from our from our viewpoint, you know. Uh, but it's just, it's it can be very overwhelming. But I think if you're just going to start off into filming, just to see if you like it, do it with your phone. There's plenty of devices that you can get out there where you can just hook your phone into something, whether it be some like a, a twisty tie type of thing where you can put it on a limb or in, maybe in your case, if you're saddle hunting, you kind of twist it around your sat, your tether or whatever, uh, your bridge. And, you, you know, just have that kind of view. I mean, when I first started, didn't know where I was going. I, I didn't really for that matter. And it's just like anything else. I went down a rabbit hole, uh, explored as much as I could. Uh, I started off with a Sony Handycam uh, and a and a camera arm that creaked just about every time that I moved it. Uh, but we just uh, that's something that we wanted to do. Me and a couple guys were like, "Hey, let's let's do this. If we're gonna do it, let's do it." So we had I think we had two years with the Sony Handycam uh, and hooked it up. Had some incredible hunts. Uh, our very first YouTube we put out, we had like two years worth of footage and it's not great footage. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not great footage. Some of it's not that great camera quality. Some of it's pretty shaky. I actually have a video of my cousin shooting about 130 inch buck at, at 15 yards. Uh, and breaking it all down was very hard back then because just the quality of it wasn't really all that great, but we started somewhere. 
And everybody has to start somewhere on that aspect. Unless you went to college to be some kind of professional cameraman, you're probably not going to know a whole lot about the equipment. Okay. So, uh, let's, you're starting with 101. You're talking about having, using your camera, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to visualize this. So, I'm sitting up in the saddle, and I've got my camera, mm-hmm. or my phone, okay? And I'm trying to position this so it's on the deer, or do you position it and, you know, that, would you position it facing you? I would, I would, at first, I would just play with it, with the camera facing the deer. Get some footage. Maybe you, you don't feel like shooting a doe that day. Maybe you don't have any doe tags left. Maybe it's a smaller buck you don't want to take. Just mess with it. You know, the deer's coming in. Kind of get creative a little bit. Maybe zoom in on a little bit for a minute, maybe, and then stop stop your recording. And then start a new one and maybe zoom out a little bit. Get, get what's going on around you. And just kind of throw it all together and see if it's something that you like. If you get up there and you're like, I'm not messing with this. I'd rather just focus here. I'm here to deer hunt. I'm not here to mess with the camera. Uh, and I get that. I, I I went through that little spell. Uh, I, I took a trip in 2020 to Buffalo County, Wisconsin, the best county, Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett in the in the nation. Uh, and I had a, a 130 come in uh, and and my camera arm wouldn't swing anymore. Guess what I did? I forgot the camera, turned around on the other side of the tree and I shot the deer. Uh, I was not messing around with it at that time. I wish I would have had a cameraman, but um, I would say just dip your toes in it, man. They, they make devices uh, that are kind of like a camera arm, or you can get an actual camera arm that fits your phone. There's adapters, uh, but just messing with your phone. I mean, iPhones take excellent, excellent video, probably better than some of those Sony handy cams and stuff like that. But I would just mess with it. And then maybe before, uh, you know, when you first get settled in, in the stand or the saddle or whatever you're hunting, turn it, talk to it for a minute, you know, get used to having your face on there. And some people get really clammed up, uh, on that thing. Me being one of them, when I first started doing it, I I felt really nervous and almost felt stupid to do it. Uh, and then I broke that, uh, that cycle and, and became more comfortable having my face on there talking what's going on. Hey, it's October 2nd. Uh, we're here in Indiana, central Indiana. We, we're, we're chasing a couple big boys in here or whatever. And it's kind of cool because the people that I film, I can see that progression in them at first. They were really nervous to be on camera at now they're naturals at it. And that's just after a few years of doing this. Okay. So let's just say I'm not super comfortable with my phone but I know there's some things out there. I'm going to use brand names because I think it makes sense and people will be able to relate. But like Tacticam has some instruments, like in my mind, the thing that goes on the end of your bow or your gun, uh, what is they got a 6.0 camera now or something? Yeah. I mean, the hell they got the the stabilizer thing where you can just screw it right in. Mm-hmm. Um, is that... I mean, what what are your opinions on something like that? Because to me, that's, that's perfect. I mean, to get to, to dip your toes in it, that something like that is perfect. A tactic cam, maybe even a GoPro. I mean, a GoPro is a wide angle lens, though. So it's really hard to like, you're not going to get that big zoom in there. And like if it's at a deer that's 50 yards away, it's probably going to be pretty hard to see it in there. Um, but they make all kinds of uh, uh, smaller devices. They actually make ones that are like just for like social media 
type of people like content creators uh and they even come with like external mics on it and they're very small uh but they all usually have a, a connector on the bottom where you can screw it to something adapters and that kind of thing uh and i would just mess with something like that if you're going to dip your toes into it and uh, tacticam is perfect to get started um sometimes i haven't seen the newer ones but some of the older ones that the the video on it is just a little bit blurry but it's no different than me using when i started with the sony handycam it wasn't very clear either but um getting those shots with your bow is perfect and i'm not telling somebody if they start off if they want to uh put their 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 content out there you know if it's a two or three minute clip of the, of the the deer coming down the trail and then you shooting it that's perfect to start off with that's just a baseline if you want to take it further if you think hey this is awesome this is all i need i just want to uh capture that moment of me shooting something or harvesting an animal or whatever and, and you can turn the camera back on when you're uh you know blood trailing uh, on your bow and hold it or whatever a certain way. I mean, the endless, the possibilities are endless with something like that, or you, you know, you you do the same thing and you have your buddy use his phone to film you and then have him send the video to you or something. I mean, there's so many ways to dip your, dip your toes in it for sure. Yeah. And I think Tacticam does do a nice job of having those mounts and stuff. They make it idiot proof. Right. Yeah, um, right. Although I did have one last year, and I was screwing around with it because for exactly the reason that it happened the other night. Of course, the other night I did not put it on because I stripped the Allen wrench bolt, whatever, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. Whatever, that's another story. That's because I'm just, <laughs> I'm a moron. But the uh, the first time I tried to use it, I, I hit the button to start recording. I was hunting on the ground, which I never do, but happened to do that time. And it has got this like blue and green pulsating light, and it was dusk. Well, guess who saw that blue and green pulsating light? Oh, the man. deer that was 15 yards away, 20 yards away. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we're done here. So it's, it's funny. I actually, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it with the, uh, when we go to uh, 201 and all that, the camera that I actually use has, when I hit record, it actually has a red light uh, on the top of the camera. I take a piece of black electrical tape and even it being an expensive camera, I stick that black electrical tape right on there because I do it for, I use it for turkey hunting and stuff like that too. And I don't want anybody to see that red light. <laughs> right. No, and that's definitely, that's one of those things. I think you're, once you, once it happens to you, once you, you realize it, right. And you're not going to let it happen again. So, um, okay. So starting basic, you know, just messing around with your phone, maybe a Tacticam package, something like that. Um, I'm sure there's other ones out there. Yeah. We're going to take the next step. Okay. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. I, I would assume like the highest level it's when you've got a guy hanging next to you in the tree with three or four cameras going. So maybe this is kind of, you know, guys that are trying to put together YouTube clips and okay. they want to, uh, have a couple angles. They don't want to sink two thousand dollars into this but have something that they'll be get enough footage from that they can um you know put something together to upload into youtube is that a gopro is that your sony handycam is that a combination of that and your phone and tact camera or something like together i would say either um i won't go too deep obviously just yet but um i would say like a consumer camcorder uh and there's endless endless uh uh tools that come with that whether it be an external mic uh whether it be a remote um fluid head i don't (laughs) i know it's hard with somebody that don't really know that sort of thing um but they they have uh cheaper consumer cameras that you can start off with uh like there's one i think it's called like the g 
fifty or five hundred. I can't remember the exact model now, but it's like uh, base model around uh, five to eight hundred bucks, somewhere right in there. If you're really wanting to uh, start to dive deep a little bit, um, you could start with a DSLR, which is basically a really expensive camera. Um, as far as like taking pictures, but you can switch it to video mode and that, and you can have external mics on that. So when I first took that deep dive, uh, before I went really even deeper than that, I had two camera angles. So on my camera arm, which holds a fluid head, which holds my camera. And then off of the fluid head is like a, a handle. And I put a remote on that handle. Uh, I can hit record. I can focus, uh, I can zoom uh, everything off this remote and I don't have to be right up on the camera. It takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, you can sit back, you know, you're not a whole lot of movement. The only thing it really moves is my wrist. When I zoom in and out or I hit record, very little movement. And then I also have a GoPro either attached to my hunter's bow gun. Uh, sometimes I even attach it to the camera arm, but I, I tilt the GoPro down where all you're going to see is the hunter standing there in his stand. Sometimes I even face it to me that's a cool view sometimes seeing the cameraman work his angles and uh try not to get busted by whatever it is you're chasing but um i'd say for for something like that a consumer camcorder would be my personal preference to go with that's what i did uh dslr is probably even a step ahead of uh, what i'm talking about because they got i mean you can go really deep on one of those things so your arm and your fluid head and your camera this is mm-hmm. I mean, what is the R? I've seen them at at ATA or something, but it's it's just um, you know, is it connected to the tree or something somehow? Yeah, and it, you can it, swing it, it and and move it however you need. It's to. usually got a, a base which is attached to the tree, and then you put the arm in there. And depending on which one you have, it can either uh, swing out a couple times or maybe even three times to get get out there. Uh, but it's giving you that 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 flow of, flow of motion. Uh, without being jerky and stuff like that. And that your uh, fluid head comes a lot into that too as well, keeping everything really smooth. Uh, but it's it's keeping everything smooth as far as moving your camera. You know, if you have it in your hand, you know, it's choppy, you're shaking, whatever. This keeps everything so solid, especially some of those camera arms are pretty thick uh, in material. So it's solid to keep your camera steady. Uh, and it really capture helps you capture great footage, in my opinion. And so, I'm just bear with me. No, you're fine, buddy. The, I know it's a lot. The camera's moving, right? And you're you're doing this, and you're you're keeping the you're filming the deer or the animal that's walking. Out. I, I'm going to assume we're talking basically archery deer at this point, right? That's where we're at. And you move it, and you keep it going until the you get it out. You know the animal stops, right? And then, you know, at that point, you 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 leave it, and then you go into your your draw and and all that kind of stuff. Now, I, I what happens if the animal moves? Then you have to back draw, or is this one of those times where you say, "All right, I'm here to hunt. I don't care if I get the footage," type of thing? It just depends on what kind of uh, uh, what kind of patience you have. I know I've seen people at full draw. Uh, with their boat and they would kind of move it with their elbow or their hip, depending on how high you have the camera. That's what makes self-filming so hard because you're trying to balance so many things. I mean, you put a, a 150 in front of you and you try to get those things done. That is not an easy task, especially if you're shook up. I mean, that's why having uh, uh, a buddy with you to film you. I mean, my buddies, they don't know it, but they get really lucky having a full-time cameraman all the time. Not everybody just gets that sort of thing. <laughs> right. So the uh, 
<laughs> you're 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 right about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think, man. I mean, when I, I like I said, I've thought about this idea. I'm I'm nervous to make the investment because I know just like it happened last week, my brain blanks out. Like the last thing <laughs> thing I think I could handle is the idea of is this deer in the camera? It moved. Okay, I got it. You know, messing with all that stuff. It boggles my mind. Now, on the flip side, it might be something that helps take my mind off of, you know, rush the shot and shoot this, you know, and and really makes me focus more on what's going on. I don't know. Um, It's such a difficult situation. I know what you're saying, man. I got a buddy. um, He's had some incredible encounters on several different things, and he almost blacks out. It's it's funny to say that we joke about it, especially when we do a little bit of waterfowl, waterfowl hunting, you know, we, some birds come in we drop three or four. I'm like, how many did you shoot, man? He's like, I don't know. I blacked out. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I know. I know it's a special thing. And once you've been in that opportunity so many times, I think, or, uh, adjusted to that moment, man, I almost get to myself and I get in my head too. That's why I text you this morning. Cause I was like, I got to help this guy out because I know I've been there before a million times, man. You almost just have to like talk to yourself uh, in your own head and say, calm down, calm down. Everything's fine. Just take it slow. You know, let's get adjusted. Let's get, you know, draw back, get your anchor point, and then just try to focus in on from there. And, and it can be very difficult, man. And then you add a camera into that. Uh, it can be really hard, but I would say uh, you might, might be onto something. It might help you focus a little bit more. Yeah. If give you something else to think about besides just, Oh my God, I gotta get this done. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, this was our opening weekend and as the season progresses, I personally, cause I've had this happen in the past. Um, just the rushing of the shot, not necessarily the pass through that didn't kill the deer or left me without the ability to find her. But, uh, as time goes on, I think the season gets going. I'll calm down a little bit, so I'm hoping that also helps or happens. But mm-hmm. anywho, so that's kind of that mid range. So we've got the camcorder, the arm, uh, the GoPro. Where are you strapping that GoPro to? Uh, I have one that almost has like like almost like it looks like octopus legs. Okay, and I can just kind of like wrap it around stuff, whether that be um, the the armrest of a tree stand. Or, uh, like I said, I, I wrap it around my camera arm, um, or there's attachments where we put it on, um, uh, his gunner bow and I can actually control that GoPro through my phone. Uh, so I can start hitting record on there. And, and that's me handling a big camera with the remote and my cell phone in one hand, trying to do all of it at once. Sometimes that can be, um, a task at hand, but I think, uh, something that I kind of missed talking about in this second step um, is an external mic for one of those cameras. It can make a world of difference for, for audio. You know, uh, that, that hunt I was talking about in Buffalo County, Wisconsin, it was October. There was six inches of snow on the ground. Um, I had a, a basket rat come in and chase a bunch of does. You can hear him running through the snow. He makes a scrape. You can hear every inch of the scrape he's making. He grunts four or five times and you can hear everything so vividly and I don't know if the camera without the external mic would have caught it that vividly. And then it really paints a picture for somebody watching it and like, oh, my God, did you hear that butt grunt running through the snow, chasing these does around? It just I think an audio can make a world of difference, in that, my opinion. And you know what? That's funny. I would have never thought that. 
Yeah. I, you know, and I watch enough of these videos, and I guess you kind of take the sound part for granted. You also, I again, when you black out and you don't even, not, <laughs> you have no idea what sounds are being made. Maybe I don't even realize, <laughs> like in real life, there is actually um, stuff happening. But now, with the external mic and stuff, is there are there times where that kind of can be detrimental as far as you have a lot of wind or anything like that? Well, it could be, um, but most of the um, external mic um, models come with, um, it looks like a big woolly thing over the top of it. It's just a cover for the actual mic. Uh, they have like styrofoam that it's usually on there. And then they have like the wool that you can put over and it's supposed to stop that noise. You still get a little bit of it sometimes if the winds are that strong. Um, but I think painting the picture for somebody audio wise uh, through through that mic can make a world of difference and make that video so much better. I think. Yeah. All right. So to get this, we'll call it the, you know, the two Oh one package, what kind of dollar frame are you looking for something like this? I, because the first go around, if you're doing the tactic cam type of thing, I think, what are you three to 500 bucks or, you know, obviously if you have your phone with you, that's not an added expense. Uh, but if you're in the second range, what are, we, what are you thinking? We'll say, let's, let's go base model. Let's go 500 for the camera. Let's go 125 for the camera arm, another 125 for the mic. Uh, the remote, I got mine off eBay actually for like 30 bucks. I think they normally around a hundred. Uh, so you're pushing, I mean, if you're, uh, you're pushing a thousand dollars, you're pushing a grand for that, uh, secondary kind of setup. You better be making some good videos. <laughs> it, it does. I, I, in my no, no, I, I'm just saying that's what, that's what my wife would say, right? Like, uh, if you're right. going to do this, you better damn well make some, some good videos. Well, just do it like I did. Uh, when I got that secondary set up before I went really deep into it, um, I, I wrapped it up. I said, can this be like a father's day slash birthday slash everything for the entire year? <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I like that. I like it. And, but see, in my world, I would justify it too. I'd be like, uh, I'm going to record all of the birthdays and the <laughs> holidays and the kids' sporting events and all that. You gotta, you yeah. gotta have that weird justification. It just that's what I used that. I think actually, I think I did Christmas morning one year with it, and then after that, I was like, I'm just gonna uh, take in Christmas morning in my mind because I don't want to be focusing on this camera while everybody's opening presents. Right, right. Oh shoot, <laughs> that's great. Okay. Now let's go to the next level. And maybe there's more levels than this, but for me, this is this is how it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, one, two, and three. And now when I'm thinking about this, um, I'm talking your level videos with a cameraman. I'm talking the guys that do the hunting public stuff, Dave Owens, some of these other guys that are out there putting out a lot of content. Um, and I'm not saying it's it's not Hollywood quality, but it's definitely watchable. It's enjoyable entertaining all that kind of stuff i I think to me uh the biggest thing would be the fact to actually have somebody filming you um for sure but like parker mcdonald uh, does i know some of his stuff is is very uh um you know solo based and he what's he got that 360 camera yeah those things i don't have one of those yet but those are those are bad to the bone they actually have like a uh like an extender that you can extend it out past you where you're sitting and it's basically like a 360 view of you in the stand which is incredible i need to get one of those how how the hell does it work i don't get it i guess i don't understand it completely to be honest with you i don't understand how a um you know what would seem like a a 180 lens type of situation can, can get all the way around i don't fully understand it either to be honest with you is it like a ball 
Does it look like a ball or what's it look like? I've seen some that actually look like sticks. It almost looks like a, a fat deodorant stick. And, and I saw a video today. This guy uh, was holding it in his mouth and it, it kind of cut part of his jaw off and it looked like a little T-Rex running around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, but if you got a cameraman, right? Now this is, there's more than just the filming that goes to this because, and really with any of this, because you got equipment that you're taking in the woods uh, like I said earlier, I already feel like I carry half of my life with me. Um, but when you got a th- another person, you guys set, let's just say four sticks to get to the platform. Then do you set like another stick to get up to higher platform? Are they sitting at the same level as you are? Like, how, how are you guys doing that? Well, this year is going to be the first year where saddles are involved in, in some of this. Um, this is kind of our first year with the whole saddle situation. Uh, but prior to that, um, all of our, we hunt, well, I'll say 95% private, not 5% public. Um, and before, and we set these, uh, our preset hang ons, we hang two stands. Uh, so we can, we go up, we'll say 18 to 20 something foot off the ground, set one, um, one hang on. And then from the other hang on, just at a different angle, depending on the, the shooter is left-handed or right-handed. Uh, if you're, uh, say a, a right-handed, uh, guy, you're most of the time your bow is going to be on your left side because your left hand is what's grabbing your bow. So I'm going to be to your right, but we just hang it. Uh, we'll say three foot above you. Um, cause I would just be able to step from one stand to the other, or pull myself up, or sometimes we'll put like a screw in step. I can grab a hold of and pull myself up onto it. Um, but it, it makes that angle, uh, especially when like after he shoots something or whoever I'm with shoots something and you know, the deer runs off and I'm chasing it. And then I back it out and go to, to him there and you catch all his emotions. Uh, I, I'm above him and it's just kind of cool, especially when we do like, uh, interviews, uh, pre-hunt or maybe even post-hunt all he has to do is look up and talk to me uh, we're not struggling to do that sort of thing but um, I would say when you go to step into uh, that sort of thing preset hang-ons are awesome uh, it's going to make things so much easier you go in you get up you do your thing uh, you know when you go to set all your audio equipment that takes a little bit of time too uh, so you kind of got to put that into play I haven't I, I've only done it uh, let's say five times now, including my Kentucky hunt and the youth hunt doing it out of a saddle. Uh, and it did take me a little bit longer, which I'm sure I'll get faster at doing that as the season goes on. Yeah. You, the whole saddle thing, it, it definitely gets faster. It like anything you get m- the more used to it and you know how to, what works, doesn't work, all that kind of stuff. Um, man, I just lost my train. Of thought. I think that the saddle honestly is going to change our, uh, our private land up quite a bit. So what I just explained to you, we have two hang-ons in, in all these trees with the saddle. I can set my platform up off of the hang-on. So, Hey, let's, let's move one of these. Let's go move it somewhere else and have a whole nother setup. So we may have three, uh, stand locations on a property that all have two stands. Hey, let's split this up. We don't really have a, a stand for uh, uh, a, a north wind or something. Let's go set something up up there, up off the uh, off the ag field or down in the bottom or along the river. I mean, your our in, our possibilities seem endless when we add the saddle to the equation. Like this past weekend, it was youth season in, here in Indiana. Uh, the kid that I took, uh, I was with his dad is one of the guys that I film most of the year, 
and um, they had preset hang on. So I just went up, got up in his stand, uh, put my uh, platform, got my stuff got together. And as I did that, the youth hunter made his way up. This kid had the biggest set of cojones I've ever seen on a kid. So it's youth weekend. They're allowed to use rifles, shotguns, whatever. This kid brings his bow and says, I'm getting it done with a bow this weekend. I'm like, awesome, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Did he get it done? He didn't. This is the first year in three years uh, I've filmed them guys, and this is the first time in three years we haven't got one down on youth weekend, Mm. which I thought we would have. The weather kind of helped us out, I thought. If it's anything like ours, it was good. But the uh, do you ever film when you're filming somebody, do you ever film from another tree? Uh, I have before back when we used climbers a little bit on a couple different properties, we actually had a, had it made in this one spot. There was two straight trees right next to one another. Uh, and we went up, basically sat almost right next to one another. Uh, we got drawn for a, a state park reduction hunt one time where we hunted three to four foot away from each other. Um, and it almost made communication a little bit harder, but we were so used to hunting with one another. We kind of knew what each other was kind of thinking. And that's a whole nother thing with the second step um, that most people probably wouldn't understand uh, unless you went through that. Um, when you're with somebody and you film that much uh, and you're with somebody that much, you almost have to have a special kind of friendship uh, t- to be able to handle each other that much, you know, and be able to think the same things or have different or the same approaches to things. And, um, uh, I think you have to have a kind of a special bond to be able to hunt that much together. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's, there's lots of benefits, uh, to having somebody filming for you. Obviously you don't have to worry about that. You got to, I would imagine the, probably the biggest benefit is having another pair of eyes where, uh, you probably see more deer that way. And, but what are the downsides? Like, obviously you got another person sent, you got somebody else in there that's uh could be making noise. You've got more equipment banging around. Those are the kinds of things that would make me a little bit hesitant on that side of it. But what are what are some things you guys do? I mean, you say you had to have that kind of special connection and and know each other and you know, you're not going to take uh somebody out that you know is going to screw the whole area up, <laughs> but right. like what are some of the things that you do to to avoid the potential downsides? I would just say work together better. I mean, I would say another down, downfall to that is maybe trying to uh, sneak in someplace, maybe an evening hunt, uh, and you're trying to make it, uh, uh, your way in there. Maybe you haven't had any rain or anything like that, and the leaves are real crunchy. Uh, you got a whole other set of feet coming in there. Uh, every, something like that can be hard. The scent is definitely um, another thing that would be a huge downside. Um, some of the guys that I film use like uh, uh, ozone and all that kind of stuff, which – makes it difficult uh, on the filming aspect. You don't really realize it, but I did a, a video during gun season a couple of years ago. Uh, when I went back to edit all my footage, there was this really weird sound. It sounded like there was a diesel truck at the bottom of my stand. I kept thinking, what is that noise? That humming. And it was, it was the humming off of the, uh, the ozone creator, yeah. but you know, um, I wouldn't say there's too many downsides to that. Um, I would say there's more benefits there is than downsides for sure. Uh, you got to think about it too, uh, for somebody like, uh, if you're teaming up, you got more places to hunt, uh, you got more, uh, you can take more off of some of the properties. Like there's certain properties on these guys that I'm filming. Uh, we don't even touch it until uh, November. It's like, Hey, let's just stay out of there. 
you know, and let's go hunt over here today, you know, and I have a, um, I think three or four different, uh, private spots that I don't mind to take anybody whenever. So, um, I can take some, take them to my place or they take me there. Uh, just all depends really on weather. We base a le- everything off weather. It seems like on the filming, you know, if it's raining, they actually make like rain covers for these cameras. Um, but I've spent so much money on my stuff. I'm not even taking that chance. Uh, I may still go and take like a GoPro, uh, or one of my smaller cameras, but no chance I'm taking that big camera in the rain. The, uh, are you, you know, I wrap my, uh, not my sticks, but my platform and stuff in the hockey tape. And do you mm-hmm. have to do any of that with the arms and that kind of stuff? Or are they pretty quiet? They're pretty quiet for yeah. the most part. Um, the one I used um, for the past uh, several years leading into this year uh, was a muddy outfitter arm. It has a really big base to it and it almost has like a, a ball joint type of situation. And then the arm just slides down in there and then you can rotate it on that ball joint. Uh, but the one I got this year is called a lone wolf pocket arm. Uh, this thing is so small and so light. It literally fits in my pocket. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I've had almost a little bit of trouble with it. Uh, the, I think the second or third time I filmed this year, uh, it had just had like a traditional downpour. I mean, it rained so hard. Uh, and this thing on the tree, uh, when I would move my camera a certain way, it wanted to slide. Even I had it tight, uh, the, the strap as tight as I could get it. It still wanted to slide off that bark. And I was like, I don't know if I like this, but it's so much lighter taking into the woods than having a five pound camera arm base in my bag. <laughs> and uh, to your bag, how, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm just envisioning the camera, the GoPro. I know there's some of the stuff small, mm-hmm. your arm, that kind of stuff. Um, another platform. Are you guys haul? I guess when you have two people, you've got two bags, so you could almost reduce some of the load. Um, but is it, how much more stuff are you hauling up into the tree? Well, uh, leading up into this year, um, I would keep like the camera arm, um, the base of the camera arm in my bag, in my backpack. Um, and I would actually bring my camera in, in the Canon bag that I have for it. It has like designated, uh, padded squares in there for the camera. I would keep the GoPro in there with all its attachments. Uh, and then this year with saddle hunting, I couldn't really take another bag unless I wanted to put it on like my uh, bow hoist or something like that, and then pull it back up. But it's just another thing I have to mess with. So, um, I actually have it, uh, with that pocket arm being so small, I can put that in my bag. My backpack opens up like a book bag and it's got a sleeve in there. Uh, it's basically made to bring your bow in. Uh, and I slide the camera arm in that, in that, that slot and I can buckle it. And then I actually had a, uh, I put like a sweatshirt down in my bag and I can put my camera right in there. I take the uh, external mic off of it so I don't break it off at the connector points. Um, but I can have all this stuff set up in just a matter of minutes just because I'm so used to doing it. Fascinating. <laughs> it, you could go endless possibilities. There's so many bags uh, and backpacks and situations out there that are obviously can make your setup a lot different than what I have. Right. So what else is there on this next level? I mean, as far as, is it just become almost more of an experience type thing when you got a good cameraman and, and good equipment and you know what works or. Yeah. I, I, it could take it to a whole nother level compared to being just entry level. Your footage is going to be a lot different. If you have a cameraman, just to focus on that, you're probably going to get some stuff on camera as far as maybe it doesn't matter if you miss it, you still got it on camera. Um, you, you know, if you got maybe just cause you have a cameraman, you're, you're capturing moments that the camera, the guy in the tree may not even see, 
you know, you never know. Cause like you said, it's just no whole nother set of eyes. And if so many things are happening all at once, you never know what he's looking at to what you're looking at. Uh, and, and with you being close like that, uh, I, I even do a little tap sometimes, like try to get their attention or like smack them with my foot or something. Me and the one guy that hunt together, one taps a doe, two taps a buck, three taps is multiple deer. We have like a Morse code. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. And cause that's another thing I've always, I hear these guys talking in the tree. I mean, man, when I'm sitting up there, I am not making a sound. I'm afraid to pull, you know, my water bottle out cause I'm afraid <laughs> that there's going to be any noise. Like, and, and now I'm not talking when there's deer in it. I'm talking period. Like I don't, I'm trying not to make any noise. Um, right. but these guys that seem to have conversations in the tree, I always kind of wondered that, but that makes sense that you'd have some kind of almost self code. Okay. So, I'm in full draw. I pull back. I'm ready to go. You're filming me. And, um, you know, I've got the, I'm good, mm-hmm. you know, but you're like, no, 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 no. Like, how do you guys communicate where it's like, uh, you know, don't go. I've got a branch in the way or let it take another step or whatever. I, I mean, or is there a point where again, you're back there to harvest a deer. It's not as much about the footage, but I mean, to me, at that, at that point, when you've got two people out there and you spent that much time and effort and money and everything, it's like you want to get it done the right way. So how do you communicate through that? As, as quietly as possible. If, if, if I don't have the deer in frame or maybe it's out of focus, maybe I have a branch in the way uh, or something like that, I'll just say, no, 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 no. And then whenever I do get the green light, it's, okay, go ahead, shoot, shoot, shoot. You know, um, I kind of ran into that a little bit um, in turkey season. Um, I was actually behind the gun, uh, in Michigan uh, up there and uh, somebody was videoing for me. Uh, and he said, when the bird turns, you can take him. So I'm thinking I'm good to go. Uh, I straight flattened this bird and the video, uh, he wasn't focused in all the way. It's still an incredible video to watch. I haven't posted that on uh, the YouTube yet. I'm going to wait for uh spring to roll back around. Uh, but it's just a little bit out of focus, but you still get the point. You know, I'm not Hollywood. We're, we're regular blue collar guys, uh, just trying to have fun with it and make it a hobby. Um, me and a few guys do take it pretty serious, trying to get as much as we can on film. Cause we do enjoy going back and watching it, especially when we got these youth guys out there, um, capturing moments with these kids, uh, can be so, so cool to go back and watch. So we do t- kind of take it serious but uh, in those situations you just kind of gotta fly by the seat of your pants sometimes and try to get it done it can be hard man for sure yeah there's definitely another element to this right hunting's got its own challenges the idea of getting a deer in or an animal in that close um, and then throwing that on top of it it, it's but like you said especially for kids in today's day and age to go share with their friends and that kind of stuff that would be so cool Um, yeah there's also part of me that's like, no, whatever happens in the woods stays in the woods. But um, <laughs> right. what, that's not the topic we're on tonight, right? So, <laughs> um, real quick, when it comes mm-hmm. to you got the the footage done and and all that kind of stuff, I hear these guys talk about how much editing and whatnot's involved. How, what does that look like on on your end? Um, what do you, for what instance, programs do you use? And I try to. There's several programs you can use. It all depends on, like we talked about earlier, if you have a Mac, an HP, or whatever. Uh, there's a ton of programs out there. Some of them can be expensive. Um, I don't really go the expensive route. I think I paid like 50 bucks for the one I got, and that's very cheap compared to some of these. I just wanted to be able to do some kind of editing to put all this together. Um, but 
I would say sometimes even like a, a 15, we'll say a 15 minute video can take me up to four to five, six hours to try to put it all together. Cause I want to make it look smooth. Uh, I may be adding audio. I may be taking audio out. Like we hunt a place right along I-70 that literally butts up to I-70. Uh, when we're in there trying to do stuff, all you hear is the, the interstate. Uh, so that can be difficult. So I try to mess with the audio as much as I can to where you're watching it. You're like, I can't watch this anymore because all I hear is semis, you know. So it, it definitely can be uh, a daunting task trying to throw those videos together. I'm just curious. How did you learn to do all that? Does it just trial and error? trial and error youtube um basically just learn it all myself learning it all by myself which can be really impossible so people like um when i started a podcast i had no, absolutely no clue what i was doing especially audio wise uh i leaned on a few different people and it's been almost the same way uh when it comes to video and hunts i don't know if you know a guy named kyle campbell um, he was a cameraman for wired outdoors, which is an actual show. Um, and I blew his DMS up for ever bit of two or three months, just trying to get, uh, and he would send me links to things that I should get. Uh, and he helped me out a ton. So I definitely had somebody to lean on when it comes to that for sure. That's great. And, uh, you're right. There's, it's amazing. The people in the industry that are, are willing to help with that kind of stuff. So definitely so anybody interested you just get a hold of brett morris he'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) no but um that's funny i'm afraid to even try tiktok so uh i opened up (laughs) imovie one day on my my computer and i was so lost that after about three minutes i turned it off and said i'm not done doing this again but um so kudos to you for learning how to do all that kind of stuff uh let's see here what uh, enough about the cameras and stuff, Brett. What what do you got going this year as far as your hunts, and uh, what are you looking forward to? You got any any big bucks on the camera that you're scoping out, or? Yeah, I got several. Um, you know, I normally run a lot of cameras in the summer, um, and I've learned to just quit doing that because it um, makes me overthink certain properties. Because uh, most of these properties, uh, if they're a summer summer buck hangout, uh, that's not the case come fall. Uh, and we got a couple that are over 150 that we're looking at um there's a couple other other properties that are a little bit smaller and then i got one i got one that's less than a mile from my house i just picked the farm up last year and i'm not exaggerating when i say this this deer may be pushing over 180 inches um absolute stud i watch him almost daily i go drive around the block and see what he's doing uh he's kind of disappeared on me here in the last couple weeks uh, but it's something that I'm trying to, I'm going to try to get it done on him. Um, if I'm hunting that particular property, um, that's the only deer I'm shooting. Uh, and it would have to be a very large deer on another property for me to shoot. But that, that again, comes back to the camera stuff. I love being behind the camera. So, um, I, I'm mostly behind the camera, uh, <laughs> fantasy football bet. I won a fantasy football bet week one in NFL season. Uh, I get one day that I know of November 5th. I'm behind my bow and uh, my neighbor Adam's going to be my cameraman for a day, but they're pretty cool switching it on and off. But uh, we got those big bucks we're looking at. Um, I don't have any out of state um, plans this year. Uh, Last year uh, I I got it done uh, the last week of October here in Indiana and actually came to Ohio uh, and shot a a six pointer in Ohio last year uh, on some public land, had some fun with it, but, I'm just ready to get back in the tree, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt on that. So, 
when you're going after that 180 and you're going to, on November 5th, are you taking your buddy to, uh, to that property? No. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a no brainer. Cause we, so I'm expecting November 6th to see that video come up and uh, so we can all see what, how it went down. I hope so, man. I, I, I mean, um, I heard that there was a big one in that area, um, last year, like I said, I picked the property up last year. Um, so, I, um, my neighbor knows some people that hunt around there and nobody had permission on that certain piece. They kind of used it as like a no go zone. You know, nobody going here. Uh, they bet at the bottom of this, uh, ridge and most of the properties that I hunt here are all pretty much flat, not a whole lot of elevation change. Uh, this place has some elevation change and goes from the top to the bottom. Um, but I hunted mostly on top last year. Um, you know, and and that's how it goes when you hunt multiple properties, you got to figure them out. Uh, I'm going to go down low this year because (laughs) what I didn't know last year, I shot my buck on October 27th and on the way out, I thought "Eh, I always keep a card reader in my bag so I can check any SD card cameras that I have on the property. And after dragging that deer to the truck, uh, we checked one of the cameras and there was about three bruisers on there that were bigger than the one I shot. Do I regret it? Nah, not really. I still had fun with it, but, uh, I wish I would have held off a little bit longer. (laughs) Have you gone out and gotten any of their sheds or anything like that? No, I, I didn't find much sheds this year. Uh, we found a couple little ones, nothing nothing crazy. I, I'm like the world's worst shed hunter, I think. I never find sheds. Good, I'll let you and Paul go out, and you guys can wander around together like three <laughs> blind mice. But uh, That's funny. So, Well, man, uh, let's uh, now that we've, we've hyped you up and, and all your videos and everything, let's uh, get your information on where everybody can find your content, uh, Go Wild Instagram, any of that other stuff? Yeah, Your you can podcast. find uh, Blue River Bow Hunting uh, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Go Wild, TikTok, any pretty much anywhere that there's a, uh, a social media account, we have one. And then uh, we we do a weekly show as well, the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. I've had uh, Andrew on here. I've had Paul on a couple times. It's good stuff. Uh, it, it's a fun fun show. It's a uh, it's based for the regular guy. I have regular guys that come on that nobody's heard of that get it done uh and share their stories and it's just i call it the regular i should have named it the regular guy podcast because i like having regular blue collar guys on just like me that you know work their ass off but then again they want to go work their ass off in the woods too yeah no it's good stuff absolutely brett appreciate it man good luck this year like i said november 6th i'll be looking for uh, your video there on that deer and uh <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep up with you here as we go i appreciate it man take care All right, so today, this evening, on the line, I've got Gage Hall. Gage, I think you're the first like three-time participant on our show, so congratulations on that. But I'm just that good. You are. Uh, but more importantly, congratulations on your, uh, your deer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was my first with my compound bow in ever. That is awesome. You've had a big year when it comes to the, the hunting and fishing woods. You uh, took that gobbler back in. In the spring, we had you on, and that was exciting. And uh, now you took down your first deer with a compound. So let's uh, let's just talk about that real quick and how it went down and, and all that kind of stuff. All right, so um, so we got to start it off with the fact that um, we already had a stand back in the woods that we wanted to put the our new tree stand in because I knew 
that they're deer back and forth because there's like a lane back in the woods and me and my dad just put a double stand right on basically like 20 yards off that uh lane so me and dad walk in so we're in a we're in a ladder stand right yeah okay now a normal tree stand we just because we split it off one to one side and one to the other gotcha and so uh we're walking into the stand and um i'm i have no i was getting on first and we didn't really think about it because we have one higher than the other and when i was unhooking i clicked my um carabiner and dad saw two deer take off about 50 yards from us the opposite direction so i'm like darn it they were probably gonna walk right up here and we just walked in we got up there, walk, wait, hour-ish, and I see a lot of, like, movement from 50, 60 yards, right about where we saw those deer run off from, and so we're just waiting, waiting, because deer are like ghosts, I swear, like, they disappear for a second, you don't know where they are, and it, it does exactly what we wanted to, and walk straight down this path, um, about 21 yards, I think that's said, and he stopped it. I don't know, like the perfect spot. How did, how did he stop it? Did he say, hey, dear? No, nah, because last year we, we went, we were minting at him, and dad had a really nice 10 point in front of him, I think it was, he said. And when he meant at it, it just took off, like, and knew something was wrong, so. We do like a like a ticking sound. I don't know, and that really stops them, and they really don't know what they're listening to. So they he stops, and I'm ready just because I've been practicing all summer, and I got a peep sight, so I'm a little bit more accurate. I don't think that really helped because I was so like jittery. I like hit it really far back over, and I gut shot it, and it took off. We were like. Dang it, and I'm just all, oh. and dad cussed when he said that um he heard it go into the creek that was next to us, because we have like a creek like 50 yards off this side, and then a trail, so he thought he heard that, so he had to wait an hour, that is the longest hour I am pretty sure I've ever had to wait. Um, oh, we we all understand, buddy. I, I shot one or shot at one the other day, and I could have sworn it had been a half hour. I looked at it had been about seven minutes, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, and so we get down. Dad's like, "Don't move," because he knew it wasn't a good shot. So I may or may not have moved and checked out my arrow. He was like, "What are you?" Get back here! <laughs> was not very pleased with my actions. So you found so, you found the arrow. Yeah, um, it was just in this clearing, and you could because I have a white arrow, so you can tell that there was no blood, and I was I was really really bummed. So we saw where it ran, and it ran into this little like past this little pile of logs. I don't know, and. You could just see the, like, bright red, bright red blood. 
and we're like confused because we knew it was a gut shot. So, so was there anything on the arrow? Oh, uh, there was just uh, guts and guts. stuff. Okay. Um, just not really. No, I didn't see any red or blood at all. Finn, no, quit it. Um, and so we just find the find the blood. Just spec here, spec there. Ten yards in it opens up to really good blood that's really hopeful right about now how far how how long has it been since you shot it at this point when you start finding that good blood oh since we shot it or tracked it started tracking since you shot it uh we found good blood at like an hour okay after um we're like what do we do because we know it was a gut shot we're finding pretty good blood, so we just keep tracking. About 20, I'd have to say. It was just laying down in a, um, like a log. It was chilling under a log with a tree next to it. And it, it got up and ran off, and I was like, oh, my So you God. Saw, you saw it. It had bedded down, and then you guys jumped it. Yeah, I'm like, oh. And I, I saw it was... I saw like a big patch of blood. I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, let's just back out and wait 20 minutes because we bumped it. We saw good blood. So we thought that maybe getting it moving might have gotten it like uh, like more blood going because we thought get, I caught an artery. Get the juices flowing, right? Yeah. Since uh, I caught an artery, what we thought. And back out, and we have like a turn to go back to the um, road, back to my aunt's where we parked. Dad could have—he said he he saw um two ears just like swiveling back and forth. <laughs> and so I got a whole video of this. He's just bear crawling on over to where he thought it was. Um, and a raccoon felt like, hey, let's go screw his day up. And so it just ran right on over, and we didn't see that deer again until we saw it out in the field, because there's a field on the other side of where, like, it's a trail, a little bit of woods, and a big field. We saw three deer take off over in that field, none with blood, so, because we thought that that had been one of the deer that I shot, like one of them was. So we get back. I didn't pack anything to eat, so I was chewing on some uh, Fritos for like ten minutes. And <laughs> um, we go back in because it was starting to get kind of nightish, so we brought headlamps because, like, you know, you could see the eyes sometimes if it's dark enough and shine light on it. We go back in, and there's just right when we um bumped it. I mean blood gushing everywhere because it was a clean pass so you could see blood on both sides it was it was really good and then so we get to a spot like a open-ish place with grass and i'm like five yards behind dad and he looks back to me and smiles i'm like what 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 and he points he doesn't say a thing because like it was kind of we couldn't really tell because we didn't want to take the same chance, so I put an arrow in my bow, and I drew back, and he walked around it, 
and it was it was dead. So that's awesome. You know, I, I I'm kudos to your dad, but uh, I've known him for a few years now. And one of the things I love is is that he'll challenge people, both at work and obviously with you, to learn. He won't do it your for for you, right? He's going to help you and 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 teach you how to do it right, right? So that's awesome and that's great. So, have have you killed deer before? Uh yeah, I've shot. Hang on, one, two, three, four, five, eight ish deer, I think. Oh wow! And okay. Five. That's uh, but this was the first one with the compound with the upright bow. Yeah, because I've only used a crossbow before this in my gun. Remind me, how old are you? Fourteen? Thirteen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what was? Tell me about the bow. How how many pounds are you shooting, and what kind of arrow, and all that kind of stuff? Oh shoot! Last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it was like fifty pounds. Okay. Forty five fifty. And uh, we're shooting Magnus Stingers for broadheads. Just I'm shooting uh, 100 grains, and it's just a uh, I don't know. It's they're fixed blades, right? Yeah, they're it's a just a double or single single blade with two bleeders, and then I don't know what I'm shooting for an arrow. It's like we we went with a heavier set because we've been seeing that heavier sets are better for deer because we're not shooting like 70 yards like an elk so change my dad's shooting 560 i'm shooting like 400 grain but look at that man you got a low lower on the draw weight and uh getting it done that's that's awesome and i for some of us uh might get a little macho meathead sometimes we think oh we'll just pull the the further and harder back we can pull it the better but you you showed us that that's uh not always the case right yeah no you just have to have a good shot and hopefully that brings it down yeah so well that's awesome man so tell me what's it mean what's it mean to you i remember the first one i killed with a compound and and uh, i felt like a monkey was off my back and uh you know really it's a major accomplishment yeah, for me, I have had horrible luck for the past two years now on opening day. Two years ago, I was back in behind my, behind one of my friend, my grandma's friend's house, and there's just a big plot of land over there, and shot one, and I don't know, I, dad calls it no man's land or something, like no vitals, no anything, we tracked it into corn. I know all about it, yep. Okay, last year, a really, really nice doe comes out, and I shoot it really far back. Again, I'm, 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 I'm just really nervous when it comes to this. And Dad got the wrong yards, so it was, I'm um, pretty sure, 27 when I was aiming at 20. And so that made it really low. So I didn't get that one. And just getting this deer is just a... Like you said, monkey off my back. It's it's really wasn't the biggest deer, but hey, it's a deer nonetheless. Absolutely, man. They're all trophies. Uh, some are just bigger than others, and it doesn't matter. It's a huge accomplishment to get an animal out there who's you know uh, his goal in life is to survive and to get him in close enough and and to get the job done. That's huge. So congratulations to you, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, um, well. We uh, we just want to get a quick update from you. I knew that this was big, and it's always fun to hear the story and and everything like that. So 
now that you got that one out of the way, you can go on to the the next next level. Okay, and and I want to hear about that one when it happens too. Okay. Yep, I will notify you on Go Wild. Yeah, buddy. Go to podcast. <laughs> well, thanks, Gage. Have a good rest of your season, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good one. See ya. Bye.